everybody. Welcome to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie. Freedom-loving patriots, those clinging to their guns and Bibles. <laughs> I'm your host. We are proudly unindoctrinated and wide awake. I'd like to, for you to check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows. And also check out all the useful resources we have posted there. You can also get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes. Want to send us questions and comments? Email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. And now, starting today, you can watch the live stream by going to our website, freedomspeaknm.com, and clicking on the Rumble link. Now, we're also going out over Facebook as well, uh, but I'm not really going to be counting on Facebook as being a reliable source because Facebook, as you know, does a lot of censorship. So anyway, got a really, really packed-packed show today. Got a couple of really awesome guests in the studio with me. And I had a little bit of an experience... um, last weekend is inspired by a, uh, a, a women's Christian retreat that I went to and it's called the great banquet three days and nights of smart without smartphones, computers, TVs, or even a clock <laughs> totally isolated from the outside world, which seems to have lost its collective mind as we all know. Absolutely no commercialized media and no electronic communication. Just verbal communication, face-to-face, sitting together at a table, sharing a meal, sharing stories, some of them painful, studying the Bible, listening to testimonials from others, and just really connecting on a personal level. When talking to all these wonderful ladies, I saw the expressions on their faces heard the tone of their voice, occasionally gave or received a much-needed hug, and even shared a few tears. It's an experience I would recommend for any, anyone as a way to get back to what is, it is to be a human being and to form real communications with real people. It got me thinking about how now we live in a world full of noise, both perceived and unperceived. One that lacks an agreeable quality is noticeably unpleasant or loud is one definition. Another is any sound that is undesired or interferes with one's hearing of something. Another definition is loud, confused, or senseless shouting or outcry. Another one is the characteristic natural or routine sound or sounds of something such as an animal or an environment, which those can be rather nice noises. An unwanted signal or a disturbance, such as static or a variation of voltage. In an electronic device, an instrument, such as a radio or a television. Electromagnetic radiation. Some people claim that they can sense that. I don't know. I think maybe they can. Such as lighter radio waves. That is composed of several frequencies that involve random frequency changes or amplitude. Irrelevant or meaningless data or output occurring along desired information. I was recently visited by my mom, actually I recently visited my mom in Ohio, at her home in the country where I grew up. 
I went outside to enjoy the quiet sound of nature, but when I listened, I realized there was a constant humming sound that seemed to be coming from everywhere. That's not how it was when I lived there as a child. Try turning off the electricity in your house sometime. You'll find that your home is also full of noise. This got me thinking about how all this noise around us and how always being connected is affecting us. After doing a little bit of research on this topic, I found some very interesting information that could go a long way to explaining the increased depression, short attention spans, the need for instant gratification, health issues, and violence we are experiencing in the world all around us. Did you know that increased connection time may actually cause one to feel more isolated from friends and family, not less? More virtual friendships online may be causing you to have less actual physical and real-world social interactions, leading to more isolation and mood changes. The generation that is growing up always connected may have trouble with always wanting instant gratification, having less overall patience, making quick impulsive choices. Decreased actual face-to-face time may lead to stunted growth in social skills and normal social engagement with others. Although you may grow to be skilled, a skilled multitasker, you may find that it's very difficult to think long and deeply about a subject that is more complex. Could this be the reason why so many seem to have short attention spans these days? I remember personally saying that I've been working on my listening skills. I was talking to the ladies at the great banquet I was at. Something that I seem to have been having problems with for a while now. Could this be a result of being constantly connected? We're becoming locked in, signed in, tuned in, connected, interlinked, And on the grid 24 hours per day, we may fool ourselves into thinking that we set limits on our use of these technologies, but we're inadvertently challenging ourselves to circumvent the very limits that we impose. Some studies have also shown that increased use of online resources, such as social media, may actually result in less happiness, not more, by undermining one's sense of well-being. Comparing your life to others online, whether positively or negatively, may result in more emotional dysregulation. Jealousy may lead to one upping behaviors and a vicious cycle. In addition, technology is so good that it will continue to maintain our connections while we work, sleep, or eat, leaving us little reason to actively think about how it all happens. Are we ever really getting any rest in today's world? Remember the movie uh, Terminator, in which an artificial intelligence known as Skynet took over all technology and then destroyed the humans? Is that where we're all heading? And then on to the topic of the noise around us that also keeps our minds constantly working. Did you know that when noise reaches a certain level, you can no longer perceive important stimuli in your environment like people talking to you and that your attention is drawn away from these important stimuli by other acoustic signals 
Numerous studies have linked noise pollution to increased anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, heart disease, and stroke. Even small increases in unwanted ambient sound have significant effects. In 2011, for example, scientists studying people living near seven major European airports found that a 10-decibel increase in aircraft noise was associated with a 28% increase in, in anxiety medication use. Another study found that people living in areas with more road traffic noise were 25% more likely than those living in quieter neighborhoods to have symptoms of depression. Similarly, people exposed to noise pollution were found to be significantly more likely to have heart problems like atrial fibrillation compared to those unaffected by noise. Whether it's the hum of an always-on TV the beeping of hospital equipment, the honking of cars, or the window-rattling noise of airplanes overhead, noise triggers the brain's fight-or-flight response. When someone experiences a stressful noise, the, the amygdala, an area of the brain that contributes to emotional processing, sends a distress signal to the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus immediately signals the adrenal glands to pump adrenaline into the bloodstream, an evolutionary measure to react rapidly in life-threatening situations. Adrenaline and another stress hormone called cortisol bring on physiological changes, including a spike in heart rate and blood pressure. Your body reacts so fast, you often can't tell these changes are even happening. Chronic exposure to noise keeps the stress response activated continuously. Eventually, it starts to wear the body down, causing mental and physical health problems. The point I'm making here is that all this noise, connectivity, the demand to be more and more productive, could literally be killing us all. Based on some experiences I recently had, here is what I would suggest. Occasionally, physically leave your gadgets at home. Ditch the phone, the watch, the tablet. These devices do a great job of recording any communication you get in real time so that when you get home, you can always see what happened while you were away. Acting on anything important and deleting the rest. It will all be there for you when you get back. Go on a camping trip. Go for a drive in the country. Go hiking. Meet with friends or family and just hang out. Enjoy being in the real world for a while. There was life before technology. I remember those days. So today is our first live stream, and I apologize that things are not perfect yet, but we're getting there. It's really rather overwhelming for me. It's like we've got all of this equipment in the room <laughs> that, that I'm operating, and I don't have a producer right now. I'm doing the producing myself. So it's quite a lot, but uh, we're getting there. And uh, I was planning on originally having the phones functioning today, but we got a little bit of an echo on the line we want to get rid of, so I'm not going to be doing that until next week. But we're still doing the live stream on Rumble and Facebook. Um, today. And I would suggest using the Rumble link. It's more reliable. So I've got in the studio with me today a couple of good friends, Michael and Rowena Tachias. Got your name right this time, didn't I? Yeah. Hold on. Let me bring them on here. There you go, guys. I just brought your mics up. 
Um, I met them, was it uh, last year, I think, at a, uh, you guys were offering up your home to uh, to help Audrey Trujillo, uh, what was it, Audrey Trujillo? Audrey, 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 Audrey and, and Jay. Yeah, yeah. and Anton. Yeah. So, um, Ro, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, my name is Rowena Tachias, and we live in Bosque Farms. And um, we had known Jay Block from, we own uh, property out in Sandoval County. In fact, that's where our nonprofit, the Cabazon Wounded Warrior Haven, is out in Sandoval County. Mm -hmm. So he is a sitting county commissioner. So we had different issues that we needed to address and he's always helped us and we invited him to come out to the ranch and he loved it and we just got along really well. So when he decided to run for governor, I asked him, you know, would you like to come down to Valencia County and I can, you know, call my friends and and invite people over and just let them know you the way we know you and that's how it started and you showed up and that was great and um so my husband michael here is a retired army officer and we needed something to connect with so i had this bright idea to start this <laughs> nonprofit and uh, convert our family ranch to um a recreational site, a haven yeah. for um, veterans and their families to reconnect because it's how it's what worked for our family. So if it could help even one other person, then we feel like we've done a good job. So, Michael, I've been uh, wanting to get you on for a while, and you're a pretty busy guy. Mm -hmm. um, you're ex-military, correct? Yes, ma'am. So... Make sure you're real close to the mic there. Yes, ma'am. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Oh, gosh. Uh, I've had uh, an extraordinary career in the military. and um, But before I was an officer, um, I was an enlisted man, so I started off as a private. I grew up in a military family. My, my father was a Vietnam veteran and also a Korean War veteran and a first sergeant. So uh, me and my brother, Brian, who's a retired colonel, and he also started off as an enlisted soldier, uh, grew up in that environment. And of course, uh, we knew we were going to follow in my father's footsteps. Um, it's uh, It's been a heck of an adventure. Um, I've had a long career. I've served uh, as a reserve officer, and I call that the dark side. Um, and uh, worked for a lot of uh, um, uh, a lot of great uh, people in my career, a lot of combat commanders that uh, um, maybe I'll get a chance to talk about. But uh, uh, my wife, who has been instrumental, and of course being an Army wife, is a, it's a tough, it's a challenging uh, uh, job, especially dealing with a, a soldier like me. And I'm a simple soldier. I've done a little bit of everything. I'm not an expert in any uh, special field. But in the Army, they like to task you with uh, uh, many different uh, uh, missions. So uh, at that, um, I'll turn it back to Becca. Wow. Okay. 
So uh, what do you think about the, the topic I was talking about, about noise kind of making, you know, I, I got to thinking about that a lot too. It's like when I'm, when I'm at home, as a matter of fact, when I went to that retreat last weekend, we were pretty much isolated from everything, isolated from the world, isolated from technology, isolated from even clocks. I mean, we didn't even know what time it was for the whole three days I was there. And everybody was pretty much just keeping time for us. And it was quiet. There were no TVs. There were no radios. There were no buzzing sounds. It, it, it just seems like there's more and more noise. And I, you know, I couldn't explain that when I was at my mom's house in Ohio. She lives in a very rural area in the country. Mm-hmm. And there's this constant kind of like a roaring sound going on in the background. I have no idea where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I like that article that uh, you were reading there. And I like what you were talking about. Uh, the Haven is uh, is very much uh, our program. The reason why we chose that area, it's remote. It gets you away from the hustle and bustle of civilization. Uh, it grounds the uh, the soldiers and their families uh, back to Mother Nature. And I believe, um, along with uh, with God and uh, and Mother Nature, that um, it's a healing process that does. It's a better. They do a better job than what the VA or or our, or our medical uh, programs out there can do for soldiers that are struggling from PTSD and TBI. Uh, and I'm one of those individuals. I've, I've gone through this. And, of course, noise uh, and the soldiers that have been in war, we deal with all that clutter, and it's overwhelming. And, um, and when you come back to uh, what I, I call reality is war because then you, you understand what the struggle is about true freedom. Yeah, and uh, and then of course uh, these soldiers that are in transition coming out of the military are now going back into the civilian world, and that culture, even though we came from it, is totally just the opposite of who we are as soldiers, and we have a tough time becoming back a part of it and understanding the people, our families, and the the communities that think differently than what we do. So um, noise uh, is, is a very crucial thing, and that's why I believe that the Haven, uh, being remote, uh, does a lot of great things for, for everybody to get grounded again and come back to who they are as a person. Um, and um, I just believe that's uh, the right way to go with, uh, with the healing process. You know, I, I think that actually, um, as I got to thinking about this noise thing, and you're talking about PTSD, <laughs> It seems like everybody in the world nowadays, they live basically in a constant state of noise everywhere. I mean, unless you live out in the absolute middle of nowhere, away from civilization completely. And, you know, I've noticed that often when I go like on camping trips to someplace really way out into the woods somewhere where it truly is like really quiet. Um, My whole... Um, stress level just seems to go away. And it kind of makes me wonder with all the more and more violence we have going on nowadays, people just losing their minds, going in, uh, committing crimes, uh, committing violence, uh, more and more people using antidepressants. Is that the cause of it, do you think? Do you think our world's just becoming too noisy and too busy? Well, I have a comment about that. Yeah. So I see... Two different things. Being remote at Cabazon, I mean, you can 
barely sometimes get because we're down in a valley, even great radio station reception. So, I mean, you literally have to be on top of your car in a building and the wind has to be blowing right for me to get to get uh, Internet or access. But I find two different things. The the people of our generation, Michael's generation, my generation. um, Yes, they find the quiet. um, Peaceful. Mm -hmm. But what I find with younger soldiers, young, even sometimes my own kids, when you have no noise and no connection, their anxiety goes up. It's like a panic. Like wow. they don't know how to function, like you said. Yeah. I mean, we're in a unique generation, right? We were pre-internet. I mean, I had the whole Britannica encyclopedia. We barely had a TV when I was a little kid. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Or or black and white or three channels, you know. Yeah, three channels. No cable. Right. But what I'm saying, um, you know, now you can look up anything at any moment on your phone. So when you're out at Cavazone, you know, we're about hiking and campfires and cooking out and, and like you said, talking, having conversations face to face. But I've seen with younger soldiers, younger people coming out, they're in a panic like, mom, how long are we here? Because my phone doesn't work. Can I go drive five miles down the road up on the blacktop so that I can get reception? I mean, so it's strange that you say that, how we need this quiet and we need to disconnect because why? We've experienced that before. Right. Some of these kids never have experienced quiet. Huh. And I think I've seen how it elevates their anxiety. Is it boredom? Is it anxiety? I don't know. But we've really, something else that we've done, huh, Michael, we've, ex, we've expanded and um, our son is an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. So we actually have some Boy Scouts that come out and they do different badges, shortwave radio, um, rifle, you know, firing range, things like that. But um, it's interesting to watch them out in such um, a remote area and having, you know, like Michael and I would be like, gosh, when we were that age, we never struggled. You know, it was come home dinner time or you knew to be home when the street lights went on. That That's kind of right. a thing, right? Oh, yeah. That kind of a thing. I remember that from my childhood. Exactly. It was great. Right. So I live in, in Bosky Farms and have two acres with pipe fence and my kids just played you know, I wouldn't dare think of them going down the street, right? right. Or, or you know, pretty much in middle school, you your kid has a cell phone. I mean, I know kids in elementary that do, but do you think that I would let my kids go anywhere today without me being able to instantly speak to them? I mean, I grew up in San Francisco and we lived right on the right on the cliffs, and there was a little tiny trail that went 700 feet down to what I thought was a beach. Had no idea what a tide was that that was only a beach when the tide was out right (laughs) and my parents never knew I was down there had no clue I'd kill my kids if I even thought that they did half the things we did right half the things we did oh yeah well that's the way it was when I was a kid there were things that I would be out doing I don't think my mom had any idea we were out doing these things yeah my kids aren't so lucky to be as naive as my mom was and (laughs) We we did so many things that were risky. It's a it's a one driver live through childhood. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
And it's so funny when but, kids you know, it nowadays, helped make us who we are. Right. And kids it's nowadays true. think we don't know anything, right? We're old dinosaurs. We don't know anything. Right. Oh man, you just have no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what do you think about what's going on with, uh, with this deal in which we're hearing about this, this DA in New York that wants to put Trump in jail with absolutely no case, it, it appears. It's like here, he supposedly uh, was having some kind of an affair with this porn star, which, you know, we don't know if that's really true or not. And then um, there was apparently a payout from Michael Cohen, his lawyer, mm-hmm. to basically, and she signed a, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, and she got 130000 bucks. And yet she broke that NDA and, and now, and not only that, but the statute of limitations is even up on this thing. So can I address that? Yeah, please do. Okay. So first of all, I think all of it is a bunch of smoke and mirrors because they just don't want him to run. Yeah. Anything to prolong the process, to make an obstacle so that he's not allowed to, or or can't run because of court appearances and you have to prove, you know, because the whole innocent until proven guilty is, you know, basically gone out the window. But I can go back to several presidents. You tell me that there weren't payouts. You tell me there weren't non-disclosures. I mean, it's an embarrassment if you want to talk about Clinton, which was all out there. That's while he was a sitting president. Yeah. None of that stuff matters. None of this noise that you're talking about with him matters. Can he do the job? Is he able to do the job? Well, he's already proven he can do the job. Totally. Right. And I just feel like it's anything to go out there to cause chaos, division, distraction. Let's, you know, shine the mirror over here. So you're not watching what's going on over here. Yeah. And they're afraid. Here's the problem. Even with, you're talking about election rigging and everything. You know, when you have to cheat to win, I have no respect for that. If he would have lost legitimately, that's one thing. But when you have to cheat and lie and be deceptive, you know, what example is that? What what do I have? Why would I believe anything in your administration? Why do I believe any of these things? Whether he did those things or not, he's no different than any other politician well we're coming up on the end of the first segment i um i want to talk about a lot of stuff that's going on in the news besides the trump thing and um i want to talk about some of the what i call died early news and in my opinion from the from the clot shots and uh, so you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and normally Stella, but Stella's out today. And I'm here with uh, Michael and Ro Tachias. And uh, stay with us. We'll be back. It's going to be a really good show today.
Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same-day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at perkinsprotectiontraining.com. Welcome back to segment two of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. I'm here with uh, my guests today, Michael and Rowena Tachias. They're my very first guests on my very first live show. <laughs> you guys got to pro- you guys got to give me a break today on my learning curve on all this equipment. I'm producing the whole thing myself today. Although Ryan Penfeld is doing the video, and he's doing a great job. So, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this uh some of my died early news news stuff that I've came up with. You know, I've been talking about for a long time that I thought that these clot shots were going to have a really bad effect and we were going to see it happening more and more. There was a guy by the name of Lance Reddick. Some of you guys might have heard of him. Maybe he might have been maybe even on one of your favorite shows. He was on The Wire, Bosch, Netflix, Resident Evil, and in the John Wick films, including the most recent one that just came out, John Wick 4. He was 60 years old, and his rep shared the statement that acclaimed actor Lance Reddick passed away suddenly this morning from natural causes. Do people fall? Do tell me? Do people die of natural causes suddenly? Does that? How often does that happen? Has that happened any time until the past couple of years? The whole thing sounds very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And it's like, he died suddenly of natural causes, but they don't give the cause. Right. That's what we hear nowadays. We hear it so often, is 
died suddenly. It's like people just drop dead for no reason at all. We have no idea why. <laughs> I, I don't know. Another guy by the name of Peter Badu was a, um, let's see, 29 years old. He was a apparently uh, somebody at MIT. Died suddenly from cardiac arrest while playing basketball. Hmm. No explanation. It's like, oh, well, you know, the guy had heart problems for years and, and, you know, it was an ongoing problem. No, just died suddenly. Cardiac arrest. Another one? Jehane Thomas from Doncaster, is what it said here, uh, died unexpectedly March 17th, age 30, and Apparently, she was a TikTok star. People are TikTok stars now. (laughs) (laughs) Age 30. uh, Dies suddenly after months of migraines and bouts of illnesses. Another died suddenly. Videos on her TikTok channel channel detailed her struggles with optic neuritis, a condition caused by inflammation of the nerve that carries messages from the eye to the brain. Inflammation. McAllister Police Department, a guy by the name of Captain Richard Parker. Twenty. Uh, let's see, he was... Uh, God, I didn't get his age here. He wasn't very old, though. He apparently uh, died Thursday. Parker's death has not been announced. Cause of Parker's death has not been announced. We don't know why he died. Amateur boxer Jude Moore. Died on March 17th, 2023. Found dead March 2023. Was training at Hoddesdon Boxing Academy in Hertfordshire at the time of his death. It has yet to be confirmed what caused the death of him at only 19 years of age. Wow. Another one. Here's one that a lot of people will probably be familiar with. Star Wars and Harry Potter actor Paul Grant... Dead at 56 after collapse, collapsing at a train station. Paul Grant, who featured, who was featured in Star Wars and Harry Potter, has died. He was 56. Actor died after collapsing at King's Cross train station in London. Um, Grant was immediately transferred to the hospital where he was pronounced brain dead. I've got, uh, here's another interesting one too. Pilots. I found an interesting website. It was called the avherald.com. And if you do a search in the using the word incapacitated in that website, you will find that uh, there has been a large number of pilots simply just keeling over in the cockpit. And this is happening more and more. There was a Southwest Airlines flight in which an off-duty pilot steps in because the pilot had had passed out and keeled over. Can I make a comment? Yeah, go for it. Mm. Well, I find this uh, very ironic, especially when you talk about pilots. Um, in the military, our flight surgeons um, were looking at the um, the correlation of uh, of the vaccine shots that were being given to our military, and. Uh, and of course, the symptoms 
are all very similar to what's going on with these folks here. And it's also ironic that you look at uh, the fact that all this stuff started right during the right during the uh, pandemic, you know. Right. Uh, so, um, and there's a lot of denial and things like that going around. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I just know from uh, from the connections in the military what's going on and the controversy with everything and. Uh, What's happening to these young soldiers and our own pilots? It even put our military at risk uh, with a lot of our pilots not being able to fly. So think about that. Think about this whole thing. And, uh, and there's a lot of denial going on and a lot of cover-up. So I'll leave it at that. Well, yeah. And, and, and think about, we're talking about uh, commercial airline pilots here. We're talking about a commercial airline pilot in which the pilot has a co-pilot. Okay, and if one of the pilots keels over, the other one can take over. But when you're in a military fighter jet, there's one guy in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And if he becomes incapacitated, the pl- he's going to crash the plane. And it also depends on what you're flying because uh, there could be two or more. But the, the bottom line is this, is that they're all vaccinated. Yeah. They've all got the same symptoms and issues going on. So. Yeah, yeah. And this is just what you hear about like the statistics you're reading are just what is advertised what i'm hearing about and and how many are not even being investigated just you know i mean i think what's key is that when you have very physically fit athletes or young people and they are having all of a sudden these heart issues i mean come on this isn't just something that just um has gone undetected for so long and, and, you know, they're 15 years, they're 20 years, they're 30 years, you know, let's, let's back up and let's really do some of that research that, you know, normally before something um, gets uh, approved, it's, it's looked at and studied for 10, 20 years. Okay, well, so now are these people going to be in that data for future? Because, you know, they completely hopscotched over that. Well, and not only that, but I have to find out. A lot of these things I have to find out through social media because the mainstream news won't talk about it. Right. I I actually got kind of um, clued into looking for this by a social media post mm-hmm. I saw. It's like I saw somebody post on social media, and then I dug for it. It's like, oh, well, there it is. You know, on this one social media post, I see here, this guy posted, I'm being notified by passengers on a Southwest flight departing Las Vegas that the captain became incapacitated soon after takeoff this morning. He was removed from the flight deck and replaced by a non-Southwest pilot who was commuting on that flight. This is now the fifth pilot incapacitation that I'm aware of in the past two weeks. Wow. That's scary. Again, and that's only what's... That's, been all, that's only what you're hearing about that's just because this one hearing. guy happened to right. post about it on social media, right. on Twitter. Some guy by the name of Josh Yoder. Um, I'll make another comment. Uh, the um, Being retired military and we keep our network going with all our NATO allies and, uh, and then, of course, uh, different units across the country. Um, uh, all these uh, controversial uh things that you're reading are being talked about. NATO's being uh, afflicted by the same issues. And, uh, and they understand the correlation between those shots and what's happening to soldiers in general. 
and what what's uh, and and of course you know we we're doing a big you know psyops campaign to cover it up. Yeah, and you're wondering why the um, uh, you got all these young kids that don't want to join the military. They don't trust our government and what's happening. More and more people, especially the minorities, and I'm a minority myself, are very aware of what's happening. Our commanders are talking about it. And, of course, if the commanders go beyond what they're supposed to, they get shut down. Uh, but there is a problem. And, uh, and, and this is a subject that, uh, that needs to go up uh, high. And I'm hoping that with uh, the new president when he comes in, and hopefully it's uh, Donald Trump, who's a, a, a true warfighter that cares about the American people, will take care of that problem. They're doing the darndest to demonize Donald Trump, though. You know, even even at the uh, RPBC uh, meeting I was at last night, there are people in there that don't like Donald Trump. And it's like, okay, why do you not like Donald Trump? It's like, okay, I, I'm looking back at the four years that he was president. The world was pretty much at peace. We had pretty much world peace, mm-hmm. you know. Um, our economy was booming. Everybody was making lots of money. There was low employment, low inflation. Uh, the The United States was a net producer of energy. But they don't give him credit for any of that. They don't. They don't they, give him it credit. It supposedly like, was, you know, an Obama thing. <laughs> because because the whole time he was president, the media did their darndest to cover it all up. And unfortunately, I feel, I mean, his entire four years presidency, but specifically the first year he spent so much time just trying to clean up and combat all of the um, garbage thrown at him and you know cleaning out the the deep state yeah so he spent so much time rather than i mean look at what he got done just all oh, the things ama- you mentioned it's amazing he got anything done exactly amazing he got anything but done but that's what i'm saying they kept him so busy with lawsuits and you know bad press constantly they will never give him the credit never yeah they're they're always going to attribute it to something else someone else but i mean think of all the balls in the air he was juggling trying to even just defend himself, trying to rid the White House and all the three-letter agencies of what he knew. And, you know, and they still, I just don't understand how people still, still. I think he only scratched the surface of the swamp because as soon as he was out, the swamp kicked in full force. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how much damage that Joe Biden has done in such a short amount of time. I mean, look at look at what's going on right now. We're we're literally in World War III right now, mm-hmm. and we're seeing. And maybe Michael, you can you can lend to this conversation too. Now, this is my theory. Okay, it looks like to me that what's happening is is people are taking sides. Mm-hmm. It looks like we currently have a alliance forming between Russia, China, India, Iran. And North Korea. It literally looks like these people are coming together to fight the big bad enemy, the United States mm-hmm. and the West. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think you're on target. Um, it's uh, this is a very complicated uh, topic. Um, we're uh, we're already deep into this thing with the war, and we've committed ourselves. Uh, this war is escalating. Um, it uh, 
you're just kind of wondering uh, where this whole thing is going to go. And, and we need good leadership up there to de-escalate and get us out of this situation, which is that's very it's, we're in dire straits right now with our military struggling. Um, so uh, if you think about those uh, bad actors that are out there and we've we've uh, in the military, it was our job to train and understand our adversaries that were out there. And of course, Russia, Russia has always been the, the main culprit. And then of course, uh, later on, we are, our focus changed with the Middle East and Central Asia. And, uh, and now we gotta get back on board with, uh, you know, cause we're fighting, you're talking conventional warfare at a higher, at a bigger scale. So uh, with all this going on, uh, America needs to wake up. Um, you know, our economy is part of our security, just like gas and oil. That's what drives our military train. Um, and if we're not training and if we don't get the economy back on track, if we don't uh, uh, get all the resources that we need to rebuild, uh, we're in dire straits. And, um, and we are right now. We can't even recruit um, these young men and women in there because they don't trust the system. Yeah. And we've lost that, that leadership ability. Um, and think about what's happening right now, the, the confusion going on in Washington. And they're more worried about, uh, 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 you know, I, I get it. Uh, I grew up in an era where I was not politically correct. I was trained and uh, yeah, mentored me by commanders and, uh, and good NCOs that came from the Vietnam and Korean War era. Uh, I still have a World War II uncle. Um, He's 98 years old today. I, I reach out to him and talk to him about issues and what his thoughts were on, on, uh, on world affairs. And uh, the bottom line is this, is that, um, you know, it's, the, it's the, the, the young, poor soldiers, these guys that are coming from minorities or the, uh, you know, uh, the lower caste that end up going overseas to fight these battles. Um, I, I like the fact that uh, Trump was slowly trying to pull us out of different, uh, you know, the Middle East and Central Asia issues. Um, well, he was the master negotiator, in my opinion. Well, and that's that, something else he doesn't get credit for. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing that Trump is really, really good at. He's exactly. good at negotiating. Absolutely. He's good at bringing people to, together. He's good at talking to people. I mean, look. I mean, he had he had a rapport going with Kim Jong Un. Exactly. I mean, he he went there. He shook hands with the guy. He actually stepped across the border into North Korea, which it's like, oh my gosh, I would have been terrified to do that if I was him. But but, but he did that. He had a dialogue going on with him. He had a dialogue going on with uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, people were kind of just being cool, and they weren't having any aggression. But now everything's just blowing up everywhere. Uh, it looks like Biden has managed to tick off just about everybody. And not only that— but he seems to be in the back pocket of China at the same time. I mean, we've got we've got this proof that there have been these huge financial transactions between the Biden family and the Chicoms, mm-hmm. and and then we see all of this. We see millions of people flooding across our border that we don't know who they are. Um, we see. We saw the Chinese spy balloon float across the entire United States doing its work, and it was not stopped until after it had already gone over the entire country. I, it just seems like to me, it's like, you know, why are why are not even the Democrats questioning this? Like, hey, I think we've got a guy that's literally a Chinese operative 
as our commander in chief right now. People I mean, don't like to admit they're wrong. They don't. They won't want to admit they're wrong. But look at that. I mean, I got to hand it to her. The the Democratic Congresswoman who literally has said, "I'm going to run for president." Yeah. You know, she doesn't come out and directly say, "You know, we have a clown in the White House or a puppet, whatever you want to call him." I'm thinking more like a puppet. Right. Exactly. I don't think he's running anything. No, he's on some serious Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> just to get him. To I go, think so. Right. I mean, he's drugged up seriously yeah. just to to get him to get through a couple minute speech but i have to hand it to her she's a brave one because that's the problem and and nobody likes to admit they're wrong on either side of the aisle right right but she's stepping out and she's saying there's got to be change because what we're doing is not working and i and i agree with what michael said but something he didn't touch on is while we were focused on central asia you know, Biden's over here doing deals with China. So that was, you know, again, show the shiny thing over here and don't pay attention to what's going on over there. And that was completely out of control. And it's been exposed. You know, it just think for one second, if Trump had done any of the things that Hunter Biden, oh, Joe can Biden you, did. Can you imagine? No, that's what well, I'm saying. Can, can you imagine what's going on in the world right now would have been going on when Trump was president? Can you imagine that the calls for impeachment? Oh, yeah. Well, they, I mean, he's being called to be impeached for ridiculous things. But everyone was so fearful that he was going to be the one that started World War Three, And he's the one that prevented it. And, and now and now look what's going on. The problem is Washington is too worried about changing Webster's dictionary because all we're worried about is pronouns. Yeah, pronouns. That's it. That's what Washington is worried about. You know, everything's got to be rainbow. Everything's got to be pronouns. Everything. And and don't even get me started on the women and, and the transgender and female sports. I mean, you're giving up all these years you fought for equal pay and equal rights and equal sports. And and where are these women's do rights you groups? Understand? Where are they? I have no idea. You know, where where are these no women's idea. groups that are constantly, that were constantly complaining about, oh, you know, equal pay for women and, and discrimination and all this sort of, they don't seem to care anymore. I, I, I just, it's... It's the Trump train. They just hate, the, that's the focus. Let's just turn everything and we'll worry about that later. Well, what I think we saw during when Trump was president is they managed to take all of these people and they managed to gin up so much hatred for Trump that they literally are just blind to what's going on now. I mean, we have all of these things going on. We have the the indoctrination of our children in schools. We have World War III breaking out. We have Rail disasters happening left and right. I mean, they're keeping them mostly out of news, but they're happening constantly. I mean, I've been watching little obscure things like on social media and stuff like that, where there's one rail rail derailment after the other happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you only heard about the one in East Palestine, Ohio, because uh, it had such a huge impact. It just couldn't be hidden. But I I just kind of wonder, is... A lot of things, like like the the whole thing with the 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 DA in New York right now, trying to put Trump in jail. It kind of makes me wonder: Are they creating all of these things as distractions, 
so that they can get away with the things that they're trying to do in the background that nobody seems to be paying attention to right now. Mm-hmm. Like this whole climate change lie that's going on and this push towards electric cars when we're not ready for that our electric grid grid can't sustain that mm-hmm. and at the same time they're destroying our our energy and infrastructure they're getting rid of coal power plants they're getting rid of nuclear plants they're not building anything new i i Michael think and i were talking about this we um and we don't know for a fact that they're closed down but we just traveled to and from arizona last week and you pass what three, three different natural gas and and um, other refineries, right? On that's, the way. That's correct. Yes. And every single one of them, there's no cars. There's no nothing. Co- steam coming out of the stacks. I mean, they're deserted. And of course, all of them are on reservation land. So, what's happening in our state? How are these people employed? How are they feeding their families? What's going on? I mean. It's not just America, the economy, but in New Mexico itself. Uh huh. Yeah. What's happening? You know, that was another thing that uh, President Trump did. Got us to be dependent on ourselves. Right. And again, the day he left, here we go. We're, we're selling our reserves. Now we're back to buying. Now we're, you know, now we're like a drug addict dependent on somebody else. I just don't get it. I really and don't I don't understand it. why people aren't angry about it. I don't understand. I don't understand well, why you know, people are angry Ro, about Well, I it. talked about this, uh, I don't know, it's been months ago now, but I, when, when the whole scamdemic was really, really in full swing, and they were just constantly trying to keep everybody in a state of fear. And I think, I think it's all part of a big plan. Now, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but I, I think it's all part of a master plan in which they wanted they want to bring about this new world order. They want this one world government. They want a one world government. They want a one girl one world religion. They want to corral us all into fifteen minute cities. Um, and I think that they've gotten they got everybody into this state of cognitive dissonance in which they were just shut down, and so that's why nobody's paying attention anymore. They have been conditioned, and essentially. Um, brainwashed into just not, they just shutting down. It's like, I can't take it anymore. There's too much, too much input. And they give up. And, and they, give, they up. give up. And they give up. Let and it's like, else. I don't want to hear it anymore. Right. I don't want to watch the news. Right. I don't want to hear what's going on now. So all of this stuff is just moving along. And the same thing with voting. Yeah. Why does my vote count if you're just going to turn around and cheat? Why does it matter what I vote? Why mm-hmm. should I bother to vote if you're just going to? And you know what? I, I wouldn't call you a, a conspiracy theorist because if, if you're Christian, you believe in the Bible. Every single thing that's happening right now today, it's already in there. It's prophecy. It's already in there and it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Which, again, is why I'm not a believer of, you know, this global warming. The planet is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. We've had a really long winter, actually, this year. It's been it's been colder than usual. Right, but it's doing what it's always done. I yeah. mean, how long have humans been on the planet and, you know, it's gotten through everything. We aren't the ones that are going to kill it. It's, it's what it's in. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's in the plan. If, like I said, it, the Bible is a, a book that tells you what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's happening. But but again, back to what you're saying, people don't want to hear it. No, they don't want to hear it. You know, it. Our, uh, our pastor said the hardest 
um, sermons he's ever done is when you go through the book of Revelations because people, it's fear. People don't want to understand it. They don't want to look at it. Um, they don't want to talk about it. But now you kind of talk about the climate, you know, this, uh, the fear factor. You know, they, you think about uh, historically uh, what's going on, and, I, and I'll just reference Cabazon. Yeah. This is a little tiny town that goes back uh, before America was America. It, there was a small little Indian Pueblo there at one time that disappeared. And um, so my ancestors were from there. Um, and, uh, and we talk about um, historically how Cabazon evolved, the droughts they went through, the good seasons, the bad seasons. It's, it's a constant change with Mother Nature. So you're going to go through different periods of drought or good seasons where you got rain. Cabazon was called the breadbasket of New Mexico. And why? Because they had all the grains and everything there. But it, it changes. It's yeah. part. Of, it's part of the cycle. And um, and of course, we're we're firm believers about protecting the land and our waters and things like that. We're uh, you have to be good stewards. You got to be good stewards of the land. And this is the other thing that we work with everybody teaching these young kids and soldiers about is about conservation. But think about how our country has changed our moral compass has instilled fear, pushed this discrimination agenda. Right. And, uh, and I think about who I am and my people and where we come from as minorities, as Native Americans and as Mexicans and Spaniards and Hindizaros that come from here, the struggles we had and how we fought to be where we're at. And we're all very patriotic people. So guys, hey, we're at the end of the first hour. I want to expand on that, though, in the next hour, though, Michael. Uh, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella, which Stella's out today. But uh, we'll be back for the second hour. Don't go anywhere. i got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> 